monster is a mirror, and when we look at him, we look into our own hidden faces, meditate on this at second level. Is this life reality? No. It is a film. The television screen is the retina of the mind's eye. Therefore, the television screen is part of the physical structure of the brain. Here is the hair I've lost in the past three months. Take it. It belongs to you. You will know why one day. That's fucking crazy, man. Welcome to We're a Movie Club. I am the egg, and I sound like this. <laughs> Today's movie is Wars Girl, and now your host, Anil Hans Siri. Hello, strange seekers, and welcome to Weird Movie Club. I'm your host, Daniel, from the Mochinosha Puppet Company, and with me is your other host, Sari. And today, we are recording on my phone, because we're not at home in Japan where we normally record. We are in the South Pacific Ocean on a small island called Matamanoa in Fiji. Why are we here? secret puppet business that we can't tell you about. Yeah, it's a secret. Yeah. So today we're going to do something that we normally don't do on Weird Movie Club. We're going to watch a brand new movie that just came out for us. Uh, This podcast might be released in the future when this movie is really old. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. right now it's a brand new Netflix movie that just came out. As you know, Netflix has this thing where you can download movies and watch them later offline, uh, which is what we're doing since this Island doesn't have a lot of internet on it. No, just one area not in our room. Yeah, that's right. Right before we left, they added a new movie, which looked weird to me. I watched the trailer. It looked weird. I don't know anything about it. I hope it's a weird movie. It's called Horse Girl. Sounds weird. The trailer looked weird. Okay. And I, so I know a few things about it, um, about what might be in the movie from the trailer, but I, I don't really know anything about the movie at all, other than... The lead actress, I like her a lot. Okay. Her name is Alison Brie. She's the lead actress. Do you know her? Nope. No, I don't think you've seen her in anything. Mm. She was in a. She used to be on a show called Community that was on NBC for several years. She's also on another show on Netflix called Glow. It's very good. It's about female wrestling. Okay. Is she a comedian? No, she's just an actress. Okay. But she plays some comedic roles. Uh. Yeah, I guess she's not really a comedian, but she she does a lot of funny characters. She's I'd say she's funny. Cool. But I don't know if she's going to be funny in this movie because from the trailer, this movie looks a bit dark and oh. weird. But I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yay. So we are going to pause the podcast as usual. Go watch Horse Girl, which I assume, since I don't know about the movie, what it's about, I can guess. I assume that it's going to be about a girl who turns into a horse. Because mm-hmm. what else would it be about, right? Yeah, I think that's the only choice. Or maybe she's like a centaur, like half woman, half horse. Oh, that's possible too. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. So if you haven't seen the movie before, you're just like us. Yeah. Um, go watch it or don't watch it. Either way, we'll see you after the break after we've watched Horse Girl. Horse Girl. Yeah, I've been having like really weird dreams. Really? About what? I don't know how to describe it. It just feels really weird. Like really scary. That's horrible. 
So like I did some research online and people talk about um, carbon monoxide poisoning, but I just don't think it's that. And then they also talk about um, alien abductions. Do you believe in that? No, I, not really. Bula, bula. Bula, bula, bula. We are back from watching Horse Girl. Bula, bula, bula. Bula, bula. We are not referencing anything to do with Horse Girl. We are referencing Fiji in Fiji. Uh, that's how they say hello. They say bula, bula, bula. Yeah. Although it seems like bula means more than hello. They, it's just a, a everything. word. Every, everything is bula. Yeah. And we also learned how to say vinaka yes. in Fijian. Vinaka means thanks. None of this has to do with the movie mm. at all. And the movie, not related. not related. We're just in Fiji. So we wanted to yeah, tell you some... what we learned about yeah. Fiji. Uh, but I guess now we should tell you what we learned about Horse Girl. Ah. So we went into this movie with neither of us having seen it before. And not even really knowing if it was actually going to be a weird movie or not. Yeah. And at the beginning, yeah. it seemed like it wasn't going to be a weird movie. No, I was a bit disappointed. It started off as a pretty straightforward movie. But in the end, would you say that it turned out to be a weird movie? Yeah, it became weird in the second half. I would say this isn't the Holy Mountain level of weird. This is more like mm. maybe Donnie Darko level of weird. Oh! it's kind of that level of weird yeah i agree yeah Yeah. there's some similarities i felt yeah not not plot wise but there's humor in it and weirdness kind of like there is with donnie darko so yeah did you think it was a weird movie at the end i guess you agree with me right yeah we can say it's a weird movie but not um, not too weird it's weird enough for the podcast to talk about yeah the thing is too sorry that you know we're recording this now and it just dropped on netflix by the time this podcast comes out it's possible a bunch of people have already made fan theories on the internet and discussed and take this and we just watched it so if we don't uh, get everything right please forgive us because we're just we just watched it once and then directly went into recording this so i guess we should do what we normally do and recap what we can remember of the movie yeah so it starts off with this girl named sarah played by the lovely and talented Alison Brie. I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. And Sarah has just a bunch of things going on in her mm-hmm. life, a lot of which are revealed to us kind of very slowly, like given little bits of information mm-hmm. from her. Her mom recently died about a year ago mm-hmm. from suicide, although we don't actually find that out until later. a bit later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes us a while to like kind of learn her backstory. Yeah, But she works in a craft store although it's more of like a fabric store fabric they, store. They, they she calls it a craft store and they do have some craft stuff but it's mostly a fabric store yeah and she has a horse which used to be her horse but isn't anymore but she still goes to visit it mm. all the time and she's single and a little bit socially awkward very awkward she has a roommate who she doesn't really get along with very well most of the time mm. uh, she doesn't have like a lot of friends uh, she gets nosebleeds occasionally for some reason that she's not sure about she takes zumba lessons she takes zumba lessons and she sleepwalks yeah so there's like all kinds of things happening with her the movie kind of starts off like what you would expect to see in the beginning of a romantic comedy where you know she's kind of this down and out loser and then she meets a guy and it seems like maybe things are gonna start getting better Mm. i also want to point out that her boss Mm is played by Molly Shannon, who is a comedian from Saturday Night Live. Okay. She was really great. She's not in a lot anymore, so it was really nice to see her in this movie. Okay. But I guess you don't you don't know Molly Shannon. No. 
Also, it's Sarah's birthday and it seems a little bit depressing and her roommate, for whatever reason, maybe it's because she feels sorry for her. Maybe there's some other reason, like she's annoyed by her boyfriend's roommate. She invites her boyfriend's roommate over for a party and tries to like kind of set them up. And Mm. the roommate, whose name is Darren and Sarah really like each other. And I should point out that there's this thing where Sarah is obsessed with this TV show, which is a fictional made up TV show just for this movie. But it feels like a real TV show about like some secret agents fighting the devil and it's called purgatory mm. and she's sarah's so excited because the roommate's name is also darren the name of the guy from her favorite tv show right so they seem like they hit it off he asks her out on a date things seem like they're going pretty good at this point we're starting to see little like hints that sarah might have some like weird quirks about her like little things that are a little bit strange you know yeah she loses her memory yeah we're right the memory loss so at the birthday party sarah gets really really drunk and when she wakes up the next morning there's these weird scratches in the wall that didn't look like they could have been made by a human Mm. like it didn't look like a hand did it it's possible someone just like carved them out Mm. in the wall but it was very strange and then Darren the guy Mm. comes back because he left his car there because he was drunk and he took an Uber and he asks her out on a date. Yeah. And so far things seem like they're going pretty good, although there's some signs that they might not be going entirely well. Yeah. And then at some point after that, she starts to lose time. She finds herself at a phone booth and it's like beeping and uh, she loses her car. She thinks it's stolen, but it turns out that the car was just left abandoned somewhere. And it's made really clear that she's probably the one who did it. Yeah. She's rescued by, I guess, her father-in-law, who we don't find this out for a long time. But we learn later that her father-in-law divorced her mom a few years before her mom died. Yeah. And the father-in-law is played by Paul Reiser, who was on a famous show called Mad About You. But you might have recognized him because he's actually in something you saw, Sari. I didn't recognize him. Uh, he was in Stranger Things. But Yeah, he was the main scientist in like season two. Oh, main scientist. Yeah, um, strange. Of, I guess the second season, yeah. I don't remember. But yeah, he was like kind of the, the scientist who wasn't completely evil, you mm, know. Yeah, yeah. So after that, he gives her like a bunch of money. Mm for her birthday Mm. so i guess you know he's still trying to take care of her maybe he just feels guilty that the mom died yeah there's like definitely some weirdness between them so she starts having these dreams where she's in a white room with these two mysterious strangers and one of them she sees in real life and she kind of follows him realizes that he has a plumbing company Mm. and she hires this guy to come change all the pipes in her apartment so she can like learn more information about him and figure out why he was in her dream Mm. and she gives him all of the money that she got as a birthday gift from Paul Reiser Mm. or her father-in-law but then they end up sending a different guy yeah and the roommate is really upset because she wanted the scratches in the wall fixed and now all the pipes are being changed yeah and it's crazy yeah it is crazy i also missed one important detail earlier there was a scene where in this craft store sarah meets a woman a customer who says that she's a tarot card reader right and offers her a discount on uh tarot card reading which sarah never takes up Mm. This woman says, this is my business card. And her business card is a smudge stick, Mm. like the kind that's used for cleaning Mm. 
spiritual energy with smoke and it's got a tarot card tied to it and the woman also tells her that the color peach is protective right which becomes important later on yeah for her her roommate started getting really annoyed and upset and also at the same time she tried to fix her nose breathing right she and she s- saw the doctor she saw a doctor yeah and the doctor fixed it but also she started talking about the idea of her like being a clone. Yeah. See, there's another part that we missed where Molly Shannon, her boss, told her about this DNA test. Mm. And as a birthday present, she gave her the DNA test. Then she started looking at pictures of her grandmother and the DNA test results never came back, which made her think that maybe... She's a clone of her grandmother. Mm. She started being paranoid that she might be a clone. Yeah, and I think that scene where she was in the doctor's office, that's maybe the first impression we get that, wow, she's like really starting to lose it. She starts telling her these theories and her theories about what's happening to her come from all sorts of different sources. They come from a homeless guy who we saw outside yelling about things. They come from the TV show that she likes. She just has all these different sources for her theory of what's happening to her, which is complicated and involves time travel and clones and aliens. And her theories are getting weirder and weirder. Yeah. So after the doctor, she went to the date with her new kind of boyfriend-ish guy. Right. And the date starts off going super well. Yeah. But then it doesn't. Yeah, so in the dinner, they started, like, she started kind of hinting out, like, she kind of believes in the aliens abduction. Right, and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I believe in aliens too, and he's kind of being nice, but she's like, wow, this guy believes my theories. And she's like, I want to show you something really special. Yeah. She takes him to look in the window of the plumber guy. Yeah. Who she saw in her dream. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this is a bit messed up. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, well, let me show you something else that's special. And he's starting to get really weirded out. Yeah. And she takes him to her mother's grave with a pair of scissors and says, we have to use this pair of scissors to dig up my mom so that we can get her DNA to prove that I'm a clone. Yeah. And that's when that guy starts to realize like, "Uh uh-oh, this date's not going too well anymore. Yeah. And he tries to drive her home and she says, no, get out of here. And we start to have these sort of jumps where she just starts appearing in places. And as the audience, we start to like not be able to follow how she gets to places or how much time is passing. Yeah, yeah. We're experiencing things through her eyes but not completely because we're experiencing some of the same things that she's experiencing but not everything it's almost like we as an audience are more disconnected from reality than she is yeah and so she started um, purifying her room right and the roommate found that uh, where the room is full of smoke and um, the pink fabric as well yeah, yeah, pink fabric. Pink fabric everywhere. Yeah, yeah. The roommate tried to kind of calm her down, but she got really freaked out and she went to the shower room and the uh, shower like coming down to her and then jumped to her workplace, the craft store, yeah. where she suddenly appears from like exit door with full like naked. And that's really jarring because we're in the situation where she's with the roommate and the roommate obviously knows that she's having some kind of mental breakdown. Yeah. But then suddenly she's transported from her shower to being naked in the store. Yeah. And from our point of view, from the audience's point of view, we're like, well, did she actually teleport? Because if she didn't, if she just has some memory missing, what happened? Like, how did she get out of that situation where she was with her roommate who knew that she was losing her mind? 
trying to widen her roommate helper. How did she end up being soaking wet and inside the craft store? Yeah. Like there's so many like unanswered questions. Yeah. If we're assuming that she's just having some severe mental illness. Yeah. Which she clearly is, but maybe there's more to it than just that. Mm. Yeah. So um, she appeared naked in the store. So her boss, uh, she's a very nice woman. She uh, tried to help her and she called police. Sarah's boss takes her into her office. Yeah. And the phone's ringing and Molly Shannon is ignoring the phone. And then finally Sarah can't take it anymore. And she lifts the phone up and listens. Mm. And she hears everything that Molly Shannon's about to say like a few seconds before she says it. Right. And she says, I can hear the future. Yeah. Which is... Very unsettling. Yeah. And then she's put into a mental hospital. Right. And strange things continue to happen in that mental hospital. There's a whole sequence where she sort of escapes from the mental hospital, but in a very convenient way, like a nurse just kind of opens the door. And then we also see her inside the mental hospital watching herself. Yeah. Implying to us that she never actually left the mental hospital. And yeah. that it seems kind of clear that she didn't, but then a lot of stuff happens too that you're like, so none of that stuff happened? So she, she has like this sort of adventure, which maybe is only in her own mind. She's hallucinating it where she escapes. Uh, she makes herself like sort of a ninja costume mm. out of the pink fabric. Mm. She meets her roommate, but her roommate has been replaced with a different woman who's the same woman that she's been seeing in her dream. Yeah. Uh, then she goes to visit her boyfriend, the roommate, Darren, and they end up having sex. He takes her pink ninja uniform off which the back like the zipper instead of the zipper it has this thing that looks like a curtain rod like the kind of thing you see on vinyl blinds right and as they're having sex he transforms into the character from the tv show oh he's not the darren the real life darren he becomes the tv show darren oh. We also learned earlier in the movie that Sarah has a friend who seems to have some sort of brain damage from falling off of a horse. Right. And Sarah goes to visit her once in a while. And at the very end of like this long sort of thing where she does all these things, Sarah goes and lays down beside her friend who mm. had the brain damage from the horse. Mm. But when she wakes up, she's back in the mental institution, but she's no longer in bed with her friend. She's in bed with the girl who she saw from her dream. Yeah. And this girl from her dream after having a conversation with her says yeah i remember those things too she admits that she was abducted by aliens and traveled through time and she also saw some of the same things that sarah saw mm. which makes sarah think this is real i'm not having a mental breakdown mm. so the mental hospital can only hold her for 72 hours yeah and then they have to let her go and there's this weird thing with time because we see the conversation before she leaves or doesn't leave the mental asylum where she's talking to a caseworker right and he says you know we've talked like before i guess you just don't remember yeah and then she brings that up in their second conversation and he says i never said that yeah which is really weird because that's a weird thing for her to like imagine yeah and it's only like three days yeah that was a really weird moment for me if she's imagining all this, why would she create that scenario where he would say something that made her seem crazy, but then he never actually said it? It's really strange. Mm. At this point, she feels like she knows what to do. And she, well, I guess she doesn't escape. She just leaves because she's being discharged. She goes and she changes the way she looks in order to look like her grandmother, her grandmother exactly like her grandmother. And she does. Then she steals her horse. Yeah. So she can say goodbye and then she lies down in the forest and we see her fly up into space being abducted by aliens. And then the last shot is just her shoes left behind with the horse eating some grass. Right. And I'm sure we missed a bunch of stuff, but... Yeah, we don't have to explain everything. 
Did you enjoy the movie? I did enjoy the movie. It started off just being like a normal, a bit awkward drama, comedy. It became weird. And it became more a bit, a bit scary. Yeah, a yeah. bit scary, a bit unsettling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like started like kind of having, like making the audience feel, like the viewers feel the mystery about yeah. whether she's actually crazy or actually crazy, crazy things happening to her. And you don't know until, you know. There are so many different elements yeah. happening all at once because it's not like if we go with the idea that she's just having some mental illness. It's not just one type of mental illness that she's suffering from. Mm. At one point, the doctor says, like, do you have anxiety? And she's like, yes, it's a 10. What about depression? No, it's a 1. I don't know if that's true. She doesn't seem on the surface like she's suffering from depression. But at the beginning, it seems like she definitely could be. Yeah. But there's so many different things that are happening. She's having hallucinations. She's sleepwalking. She's has memory loss. Mm. There's physical effects like nosebleeds. Oh, and yeah. And she has some bruise. She has bruises oh. all over the side of her body. During her like sort of exploration outside the hospital, she has like a flashback where she remembers like aliens with their giant fingers touching her side, which right. I guess gave her the bruises. Mm. And the idea of these aliens having these giant fingers might also explain the giant claw marks mm. in the wall. Mm. And there's like another scene, or it's in her car. Yeah, when she finds her car, car, there's giant claw marks. Yeah, it almost feels like we're watching a puzzle, and it feels like if if we watch the movie enough and we kind of keep track of everything, that maybe we could figure out all the clues and solve the mystery. That it almost seems that way, but I kind of doubt it. Like we think- we haven't done it, but I feel like we probably couldn't figure everything out. By yeah, it. I don't. I don't think there's an answer in this movie. <laughs> probably not. Although I feel like everyone who watches this movie. Try to... We'll have, like, some opinion. Right. It's too early to say if they will or not because we're in Fiji and we have no internet and the movie just came out. (laughs) But I'm sure if people do talk about it, people will have, like, strong theories and opinions and and everything about it. Yeah. So what do you think? You think she is actually abducted by aliens or she is just imagining she's just being crazy? Well, like, you can't ignore the fact that she's having like some mental health problems she definitely is so yeah so my theory is that she is having mental health problems right but also there are weird things happening to her it's like a combination of both yeah like if we take everything weird that happens to her at face value and say that they're not hallucinations or whatever you know first of all she had all these traumatic events happen to her her grandmother we find out kind of near the end had some mental illness very similar to what she had And her grandmother was committed to a hospital and then released. And then she became like a a homeless woman who died, Mm. which might be connected to the fact that she got part of her like theory about aliens and stuff from a homeless guy who like kind of lives outside her store. Mm. I don't know if those things are connected or not. Mm. There's all these strange things happening to her. If those things were happening to me, if I was experiencing like these weird things where I'd wake up somewhere else or, uh, you know, I had memory loss, the nosebleeds, all this trauma that she has, I wouldn't react to it the way she does. You know, Mm. she immediately comes to these like very wild theories that just come out of nowhere. So to me, it seems like even if these weird things are happening to her, she's not dealing with it in a very mentally healthy way. Mm. The sort of theory she comes up with kind of seems like she has like schizophrenia. There's one school of thought that there's these different reality tunnels. And the reality that we experience as human beings only exists because we as human beings agree that this is reality. Like we decide what's reality and what isn't. 
If someone else interprets reality different, we say that person is having mental health problems or they're crazy, but maybe they're just in a different reality tunnel. Maybe there's different ways to interpret reality. And maybe people who are having like mental health problems, maybe they're actually just seeing a different version of reality than we're seeing and they're not completely wrong. Mm. Then what happens in the end? We're seeing the story from her point of view, right? Yeah. Her reality tunnel. And from her point of view and her reality tunnel, she did get beamed up by those aliens. And we don't know the story from anybody else's point of view except for hers. So from her roommate's point of view or like other people's point of view, maybe she's just like wandering around the streets and or maybe she's still in the mental hospital. But in her own mind, in her reality tunnel, she was beamed up by those aliens and time traveled back in time and became her own grandmother. Mm. Even if our reality is different, this movie is the story of her reality. And in her reality, that's what happened. It doesn't really matter the story from anyone else's point of view or reality other than hers because it's her story. Mm. So I think from... From the viewpoint of this movie, since it is her reality tunnel, she did get abducted by aliens at the end, even if she didn't. Does that make sense? I think this movie is less about mental illness and more about just different ways of viewing reality. Yeah, I agree for that part. Yeah. Darren, you know, kind of believes some stuff about conspiracy theories and other people don't believe anything. You know, those are all clues that there is more than one way to interpret reality and therefore, I guess, more than one way to interpret this movie. That's just my theory. I, I agree. Maybe that's like the different reality happening. But the most part I really wonder is that marks, like scar marks on the wall. That mm. was real in this reality. Right. That was real because not just her, not just uh, Sarah, but also her roommates and everybody else saw it. Unless. Unless she was imagining. Unless she was imagining the reaction. Yeah, but so that, that like, scar thing was like... Uh, well, let's assume that the scar thing was real. Was real. For sure. Then that means it can be really like a paranormal thing happen in this real world. Yeah. I mean, I guess, though, that there are some explanations for how those scratches could have been there that aren't paranormal. Did they say that? Like, there's no way to make the scratch when the girl was just drunk. She could have used, like, a tool. Like, she could have used some kind of scraper tool. But she had the same in, in her car as well, and she was very drunk. Yeah, it seems unlikely, doesn't it? And there is also the time thing where yeah. with the phone booth, she comes home and it's only 11. And you're like, how could she have gotten so far and then come back home and yeah, it only is 11? Yeah, that was another if we trust that if we trust that that could be so another if we weird. trust that those things are real yeah. then there definitely was something supernatural yeah 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 unless those are fake memories yeah so my uh, yeah my adaptation is adaptation my interpretation is more like actually paranormal things were ha happening right. but she was imagining i kind of doubt it because of the aliens it's like something different, like something different but supernatural happening and kind of surrounded by her and like she started kind of making up what's happening in her but actually something happening and then I think in the end she might have disappeared actually. These weird things are actually happening to her. We don't know why. And also she's having mental illness yeah. at the same time. Yeah. I think the intention by the writer or director can be to make us think that way. Because they really made it super unclear near the end because that girl, Sarah, kept seeing appeared 
in her hospital room, and it looks very realistic. Like the girl was like, like really scared, and Sarah was sleeping on her bed, and then they started having conversation, and it was found out the girl was also seeing that the like weird room in the area. But then after that, um, it became really unclear if she was real or not. But they intentionally made it unclear because the doctor said like, I don't know if、yeah. like, you were with another person. Yeah, they deliberately refused to give us any answers. Yeah. So. Kind of at the beginning, you can kind of like try to divide things up between like this definitely is real and this probably isn't real.、Mm. But by the end of the movie,、mm. it's kind of causing you to question everything because、yeah. like when she meets the girl in、yeah. the hospital room, you're like, well, this is that would be the kind of scene that you think, well, this is definitely real. Right. But then when the doctor kind of suggests that maybe she wasn't there, but、yeah. then he doesn't know. Yeah. Then you start to go like. Was that not real? Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. And if yeah, we yeah, yeah. and if we question some a scene that seems that like realistic,、mm. then if that move if that scene wasn't real, then any scene couldn't yeah, be yeah, real. Yeah. And and it makes the, you question the reality of the entire movie. The conversation about the doctor, like whether she saw the doctor like a few year, few weeks ago, or, or it was first time, or it was she was just there for seventy two、yeah. hours. It's Everything became super unclear. There are like a lot of things in this movie that mess with the audience's minds, right? And try to confuse us and make us doubt things. But I think honestly, the doctor thing for me that was what really like made me go like what more than anything else because、uh-huh. because you have to think like you know in the Wizard of Oz、mm. you see like oh all these character like maybe the Wizard of Oz was a dream and all these characters are based off of people that she knew and like that a lot of her hallucinations. And things that she believes are just based off of like random little snippets, and you can see where they came from. Like she got like a lot of her ideas from the TV show that she likes.、Mm, yeah. And she got ideas from this homeless guy outside, and she got an idea from the tarot reader. And you're kind of like, okay, I see. Like she got all these different like sort of bits and ideas from places. So you can see where it all comes from, but the doctor thing just comes out of nowhere. When he, they so they have two meetings. In the first meeting, he says, "This isn't our first meeting." And then the second meeting, she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you know, it's like you told me at the first meeting that we'd had another meeting, and I don't remember." It was like almost like she was admitting that she was crazy or that she was having some mental health problems、yeah. there.、And、there are several times where she kind of thinks like she kind of is like aware of the fact that she's having these mental health problems. Yeah, yeah. Which a lot of times people who have mental health problems that are that severe are unable to recognize、mm. or admit that they're having any problems.、Mm. So when she starts to admit that, yeah, maybe I do have some problems, it makes her. Seem like a lot less crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. But then when he says, "Yeah, I never said any of that," and she kind of ignores it, yeah. And we're seeing it from her point of view, so that kind of makes it seem like everything that the doctor says is should be true, except. It can't be because he contradicts himself.、Right. We we all clearly heard him say that she was there earlier and forgot. Yeah. And now he's saying that he never said that. Right. That's really like that. I think that、yeah. really throws everything for a loop. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's all intention. You know, it feels like the movie's gaslighting us at that <laughs> point. You know.、It's, right. Right. Yeah. The movie's maybe just making us feel the way she feels. I guess. Maybe、yeah. maybe that's the point. Maybe it's like way simpler than what we're saying, and the point of the movie is actually just to make us feel like we're having the same kind of mental health problems that she's 
having and that we have trouble understanding reality watching the movie in the same mm. way she's having trouble maybe that's it but that seems like kind of a boring answer so yeah, it is. <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to believe that that's all the movie was about mm, no but assuming that these aliens are real your theory was a little different than mine but we both kind of agree that something yeah. weird is happening to her maybe it's something to do with aliens yeah maybe it's not let's start with that though okay do you think it was that it's aliens I I doubt that. Isn't it too good the alien comes to pick her up at the right spot? How does she know that's the spot? I'm, I mean, I don't think she knows. I guess the aliens have technology to find her. Um. They're like, they're futuristic and they, they can time travel and go to different dimensions. The aliens are very alien. Okay. Here's a problem I'm having. Let's say the aliens are real and she actually is her own grandmother. And the aliens are going to abduct her and send her back in time to become her own grandmother. And she's accepted this and she's like, okay, aliens, come, come take me. The aliens aren't benevolent, right? Like the aliens don't seem like they're good guys. The aliens give her bruises and they abduct people. Yeah. The aliens don't seem like they're a force of good. They seem like they're a force of evil. And yet she yeah. surrenders them to themselves as though yeah. she's I just... Don't, I don't really think the aliens bring her to like... Become her own grandmother? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Why does Elia want to do that? So when she <laughs> comes up with that theory, right? You know, she had this theory that she was a clone of her grandmother. Yeah. And then she realizes like, oh no, I'm not a clone. It's like, a, you know, then she had all these different clone theories. Yeah. about like, you know, the clones run out and they need to replace me. Some of these theories are really interesting and would make their own like good movies if that's what it yeah. was about, I guess. But yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yes. When I first saw the picture of her grandmother, mm. one of the first thoughts that popped into my mind is maybe she goes back in time and becomes her own grandmother. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like that occurred to me. Oh, okay. Why would that happen? Uh, I don't know. It's like too, too good. We already know what happens to her grandmother. Yeah. That means... If that is true, that she's going back in time becoming her grandmother, that means she's going to go into an asylum and then dies like a homeless lady. Right. Which could also be her fate if it's not true. If it's not true, but in the reality we assume is definitely real where she actually is in a mental hospital in the present. She's released even though she shouldn't be released because of like money reasons or legal reasons or whatever, which is the exact same thing that happened to her grandmother. So whether she's going back in time or not... She still has the same fate as her grandmother. Mm. It's like, it's almost like it doesn't matter whether she's going back in time or not. Right. Or which is real, because either way, she's going to end up like her grandmother. Oh. Which is, that's depressing. That's very depressing. Yeah, either way, it doesn't seem like she's going to get a happy ending. Unless she just gets abducted by aliens and she doesn't, and the clone theory turns out to be right. But then if the clone theory is right, then that means she's going to just die and be replaced by another clone. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, there's really no happy ending for her. Or Darren. Mm, Darren, I guess. Feel bad for Darren as well. To get a new girlfriend. Can we talk about the humor in the movie? There are some really funny parts. Was there? The scene yeah. where the boyfriend, the roommate's boyfriend, was uh, forcing everybody to listen uh, to his rap album. Yeah, that was funny. That party scene was funny. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah started dancing like a horse dance. Oh, yeah, they both started doing like just terrible, terrible dancing. Yeah. It was almost like a romantic comedy at the beginning. Right. It's got very dark, though. Yeah. 
There is a scene in this movie where she's kind of all having all these hallucinations during like the scene where she may or maybe doesn't leave the mental hospital. And she's mm. walking down this like very, very long hallway. Mm. Did that remind you of another weird movie? Because to me, that reminded me a bit of the Holy Mountain, like walking down the rainbow hallway oh, to, to meet to, oh. to meet the alchemist, you know? Mm. But then like a similar shot, it's like the same hallway, but like front shot and the back shot. It wasn't exactly the same, but it was a bit similar. It was similar enough that it reminded me and oh. made me think it's possible it could have been a homage. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I'm totally to maybe oh. I'm totally wrong. But there was also like that kind of that thing, that sort of round circle thing with like the kind of looked like a fire pit, which reminded me of like the fire pit in the Holy Mountain where they burn mm. their money and stuff. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm like uh, maybe I'm like Sarah in the movie where I'm just connecting dots together that aren't there. I'm like everything's the Holy Mountain. <laughs> yeah, one point you said uh, it was before the movie started getting weird, like just uh, Sarah being awkward. You said, "Oh, I can totally relate to her. She's like <laughs> me. I'm like a warrior. Oh, <laughs> and then <laughs> she's becoming worse and started having mental breakdown. I was like, oh, it's tongue." Uh, well i when i said that i meant like her social awkwardness like yeah she's being awkward at parties like being afraid to like you know trying to make friends but not like actually yeah. you know being able to quite connect yeah. like she thinks her zumba at one point she wants to hang out with her zumba teacher and oh, she yeah, like yeah, yeah. she goes to talk to her zumba teacher and it's like super awkward and it I don't really do stuff like that now, but I remember when I was younger and I like just would really want to meet, make friends with somebody cool. I'd be like, hey, what you doing later? And they're like, I don't know. I'm probably doing this other shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right then. Okay. Well, bye. <laughs> it was like that like awkward moment. I, I just felt like, yeah, I, I yeah. could have relate to that. Like I've had moments like that. Right. So I hope you didn't jinx it. Jinx what? I don't know. It's like being like her and becoming to see. Oh, like now I said that that's going to happen. It'll happen. It's probably the opposite. Like if you if you guess that something's going to happen, then it probably won't happen. Oh, okay. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a surprise. It's kind of like, you know, like in a TV show where they have like a surprise ending happening. But then all the fans on the Internet guess what the ending is ahead mm. of time. So then the creators of the show are like, oh, yeah. no, now we got to change the ending. So they have to change it to something stupid because the good ending that they came up with, everybody guessed. Right. I kind of think real life is like that. I think if you're like, what if this stupid, weird thing happens, then that stupid, weird thing doesn't happen. Mm. I mean, that's the thing about this movie, though, is like because Sarah's character encompasses so many different types of mental illness. And we all kind of have some mental illness of some kind. Almost everybody does to some degree. We can all kind of relate to at least some tiny little things in her behavior or things that she does, I think. Mm. I was like, I was a bit frustrated. Why are you doing this? You should do this. Right. Did you not find her to be a likable character at all? Not really. From the beginning, she seemed a bit off. Right. Yeah. She was a bit off. I think, you know, to be honest, she is, I would say, a pretty unlikable character, especially at the beginning. But I guess because I love that actress so much, maybe that sort of colored my yeah, opinion maybe. of her. I'm pretty sure that if I gone in, went into the movie not knowing who Alison Brie was, I probably would have yeah. just, I probably would have hated that character. Uh, not really. Did you, did you develop, likable. did you develop any like, sympathy or like her later on or was your opinion the same i felt more sympathy later 
Mm. Like after you like maybe learn some backstory and find out why she is the way she is. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, around that time and you know she was really struggling and was really scared. Yeah. That part. Yeah, and then yeah, I was, at the same time I started thinking, is this really just her being a bit crazy or just something weird actually happening? So that. Yeah, that's that. That's the point I started to feel more for her. Right. Mm. There's another scene I just remembered, which we kind of forgot to mention earlier, which also made me think and kind of mess with me a little bit. Since we see her watch herself leave the the mental hospital. Yeah. Like that seems like a huge clue that every single thing that happened between the scene where she leaves the mental hospital and the scene where she wakes up in bed with that other woman didn't happen. Right. Like it would seem like none of that stuff happened. Yeah. But some of the stuff that happened was like kind of realistic and like hard to think that she would just imagine that. After she had sex with that Darren guy, mm. there's sort of a happy ending where he was sewing a peach suit for himself, too. Yeah, yeah. That was a funny little detail, which obviously that seemed like something that could come up out of her imagination. But yeah. another thing, which was a little bit more like, did that come from her imagination? Is after sewing herself the peach ninja uniform, mm. she also sewed a peach costume for her horse. Right. Then she met the guy who was in charge of the stable. Yeah. Who was angry. Like, what are you doing here? You're crazy. And he yelled at her to leave. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. And that felt really real. Uh, I think it's just dreaming. She just dreamt that? Because that guy's reaction was like as usually angry as other scenes. But if I was him, I would be really freaked out. Like, the, she was like costumed in a weird ninja like peach clothes and uh, her, his horse was like covered in peach and I, I would have a stronger but, reaction. But it's kind of like her fantasy where everything is like everybody's agreeing with her and like the boyfriend is like yeah you're not crazy I love you and it's like and like the nurse opens the door for her it's like kind of like everything is like what she wants but the guy yelling at her that's not what she wants. So it's weird that that would be part of her fantasy. But it can be like she can see because she's she's not completely lost. You know? She can imagine like if the person doesn't like it. She, it's Darren, right? That she tells that to? She's like, yeah, he yelled at me and it was scary. And he was like, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. That's not nice. And mm. that conversation also at the beginning felt very real. Yeah. And then it didn't really stop feeling real until like they started having sex, which started to be a bit off. Like, I mean, it's not unrealistic that completely unrealistic that they'd have sex but you kind of feel like well he's kind of like a scumbag for having sex with a woman who's having some kind of mental breakdown but then when you know he transforms into the tv show character you're like oh okay but even then you kind of i kind of imagined that she was imagining that he was the guy from the tv show but it was actually still happening like not that it was completely no that part is totally her imagination in my understanding because he wouldn't let her in right at the first place because he saw her being super crazy like almost like she hit him as well mm. in the graveyard she he wouldn't want to see her anymore he, well unless you know he's like just a nice guy and he wanted because he knew she was having some mental health problems he wanted to give her a second chance uh, one of the reasons why she liked him, which was very weird and like unsettling, was because like she was like totally freaked out by the fact that he had the same name as the character from her show. Yeah. And she was like, oh, it's meant to be. And like, you know, that was one of the early signs that there's something wrong with her. Yeah. But she in her fantasy, 
He started off as the real-life Darren. She could have just had him be the Darren from the TV show the entire time, since that was kind of like her fantasy, right? Uh, but it started off with real Darren acting kind of realistic a bit before transitioning into... Uh, or do you think that's just a sign that there's still like some parts of her that yeah. view things realistically, like the horse scene? Yeah, I dream all dreams. Have some realistic parts and some less realistic yeah, yeah, parts? Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. So, Sari, now we've watched Horse Girl. It wasn't about a girl who turns into a horse. No. It was about a girl who just loves her horse very much, even though it's not her horse anymore. Yeah. It's sad. And then Allison Brie is abducted by aliens and goes back in time to become her own grandmother. A pretty straightforward story, I'd say. Yes. Hopefully, it's weird enough to be part of a movie that we talk about in the Weird Movie Club. And I guess it is, because we're talking about it. Yeah. And it was a bit weird. It was. So, we're going to be in Fiji a little bit longer. And we're going to try to record one more episode of this podcast while we're here, hopefully. But I think we should watch the movie Brazil. Yay! Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you for becoming a member of the Weird Movie Club. And thank you for joining us in our discussion about Horse Girl. I've been Daniel Wishes. I've been Sari. And we're the Mochinosha Puppet Company. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Next week's movie is Brazil. That's right, the leg. Next week's movie is Brazil, the 1985 dark dystopian science fiction movie directed by Terry Gilliam. Until next time, I think I might meet my own grandma.